This is First Down Dynasty, right here on the Sports Ethos Network. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of First Down Dynasty, right here on the Sports Ethos Network. I'm Bill Nye, the Dynasty Guy, and as always, we are joined by my esteemed cohort, Mr. Eric Kravitz. Kravitz, how's your fantasy season going? Because mine is probably about one week away, for the most part, from ending absolutely horrifically. If we did not have this program, I'm sure you would just disengage from fantasy football altogether for the rest of the year. Not 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 disengaged, but it would get pushed down a little bit in my priorities. Out of all my teams, I got like three that are still like fighting, uh, and one fighting like hell all the way straight to a tie. Yes, a tie happened this week with no tiebreaker, mm-hmm. so a column was literally created that did not exist before. And if you want to check out that matchup, you could look it up on our. Twitter account at FDD underscore ethos or at BNK radio. It's there. Sleepers involved. Never seen that before. Down to the 100th of a point. You and another good buddy of ours who is holding one of our belts hostage in Chicago, by the way. We need that back. I've never seen that before in my entire life. Down to the 100th of a point. I don't think you guys understand how ridiculous that is literally almost impossible you see people sometimes losing by 0.04 a passing yard maybe maybe a tenth of a point when you have an additional receiving or rushing yard but do you know how many stars need to align how many planets need to be in the exact same line to tie down to the 100th of a point what's insane What's even funnier is it's not like this was like a 200 to 200 matchup, which would have been so much worse. It wasn't a horrendous matchup either, but it was relatively low scoring. Both of us had players vastly underperformed that day. So it was kind of just, you know, what the hell. But the problem is in this league, it is a dynasty league. And my team was not going anywhere. So I've traded away one player for a first round pick already. I haven't gone full um, fire sale yet. But I was, you know, accepting trying to lose. And now this ruins the tank because now all of a sudden I'm holding on to the last playoff spot due to virtue that I do not have five losses right now. Well, in this league, tanking does work a little bit differently because the bottom six teams are put into an NBA style draft lottery for those picks. So it's not max points forced. It's not you know, just straight reverse standings will. So if you find a way to manage yourself to get into the bottom six, you are in the running for the first overall pick. That that happened. I got the second overall pick in that particular league after finishing at the fifth worst, just by virtue of being in the lottery. So anything can happen. This is true. Yes, of course. Think positive, bud. I'm I'm dreaming of pairing Josh Allen with Caleb. That would be that would be something. That would uh, that would be great. I have Tua and Trevor. I would love to put Caleb on that team or Marvin Harrison Jr. to pair him with Jamar and Jefferson. How amazing would that be? Well, in that be case, pretty, I feel like you'd be pretty, trading Tua pretty quickly. 
That'd be pretty goddamn amazing. <laughs> it would be pretty goddamn cool, let me tell you, bud. Yeah, a little uh, QB carousel uh, right there with uh, Kravitz Dynasty team. Also true in the league because, by God, injuries, injuries, injuries to quarterbacks and some that just kind of suck. Kravitz, let's start with the most Dynasty relevant thing. Ryan Tannehill, injured, did not play. Will Levis, elevated. Skips over Malik Willis, who had technically been the number two. Will Levis comes out. Will Levis balls. Does Tannehill get his job back? Is this now Will Levis time? And I, I God, I really don't see how you keep him back. I mean, th- there are two things. The first thing is, had the Titans traded away Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins today, um, they didn't, and we'll get into the trade deadline late, a little bit later, I would say yes, 100%. Because they were committed to the tank, they're committing to seeing with what they've got, and if Levis isn't the guy, then you can look into doing other things. You could look into drafting a quarterback, because you will probably have a very high pick if you're getting rid of all of those guys. But they didn't trade DeAndre Hopkins. They didn't trade Derrick Henry. So the answer, instead of um, no, 100% Ryan Tannehill doesn't get his job back is no, it's 99% Ryan Tannehill does not get his job back. Ryan Tannehill, 100, he doesn't have his job. Until Will Levis messes up so badly that they need to put him back in there, of course. But right now, with the way that Levis played four touchdowns in one game, Tannehill had two touchdowns the entire season before he hurt his ankle. Derrick Henry looked pretty good. Tajay Spears only had six touches, but he maximized, you know, the value of those touches. Um, Racy, not Racy McMath. We love some Racy McMath on this show, though. Um, Nick Westbrook, Akine had a long touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins had three touchdowns. The, the offense was clicking and they were moving down the field. And yeah, it was, they didn't play the best opponent. They played Atlanta, right? They played Atlanta. So it's not like they were up against some world-beating defense, and Atlanta's got their own problems, obviously. But for right now, they're playing this upcoming Thursday, and they've already said Levis is going to be the guy. Pittsburgh is a much better defense. They have a lot more weapons up front, and he's going to be facing a lot of pressure, and the um, Titans' offensive line isn't great. So we'll see how he does in the face of pressure. But right now, with how he played in Atlanta... With the way the team's going, you can't give Tannehill his job back. And for for their sakes, for the sakes of Will Levis owners, I really hope they don't overreact because a short week coming off that game facing the Steelers defense just screams to me that this is going to be, okay, rookie, you got it. You Welcome to the NFL. You had your good moment. Now we're going to spank you. Like That's the feeling I get facing the Steelers on a short week right after your first start. Uh, so I hope they don't overreact to that potential bad start. I do hope it's in the rest of the season. But you're right. They played the Atlanta Falcons. They have a ton of problems. It seemed B. John Robinson was healthy, and they actually let him touch the ball in the red zone. It was fascinating. The problem is their quarterback got benched in the second half, and Taylor Heineke took over. I don't know if it was just for one game because Ritter was that ineffective. But overall, the season, they've actually let him throw more. And honestly, given their situation, I don't see any benefit to actually starting Taylor Heineke. You might as well go with Desmond Ritter for the rest of the season. So by the end of it, you're absolutely sure he is not the guy if you're in a position to take another quarterback, which they still potentially might be. So I don't think there's any risk there. 
Private, do you see them staying with Heineke, or just this was, you know, pull him out for this game, he's got to get out of there, but we're going to bring him back? I don't even see them keeping Heineke in. Arthur Smith, for everything that we've seen over the last couple of years, is an insanely, insanely stubborn human being. And at the end of the game, he went out and said that they pulled him for health reasons. It wasn't for performance reasons. And that Heineke is still their guy moving forward. And I have to believe that he only means for this season. Because, yes, the, the, they're still in the mix in their division. But their division is hot garbage. And I understand. I understand you could only play who's on your schedule. And six of the games on their schedule are against really bad opponents in the Saints, the Panthers, and the Buccaneers. I get that. I really do. But there's no way in hell Desmond Ritter is your starting quarterback moving forward after this year. It's impossible. It can't be. You have way too much talent around you. Bijan had limited touches. He scored a touchdown. Drake London hurt his groin, but apparently it's not as bad. And believe it or not, Kyle Pitts is actually doing things this year. He's not incredible. He's not the world beater everybody thought that he would be, but he's doing things. And if they're doing all of this with a hot garbage, and I really mean hot garbage, Desmond Ritter, imagine what they would do with a May. With a Penix, because they're obviously not going to get Caleb. With a with the Ewers, like these are guys that could sh- be huge in Atlanta and really, really bring that offense to life. But Arthur Smith is stubborn as shit, and I highly doubt he's going to take the L on this. So as much as I would love to say Desmond Ritter is not the guy next year, you kind of might be forced into it. <laughs> We, we, we will see. Obviously, that all depends. But moving on to more uh, quarterback nonsense. Kirk Cousins, torn Achilles. Another quarterback with a torn Achilles. Reached out to by Aaron Rodgers to go over Achilles rehab, who apparently is killing it. And the team still says he will be back at some point this year. They're not officially committing, but it's just absolutely ridiculous what that story even is still a thing. Uh, but fear not for the owners of anyone on the Minnesota Vikings. Josh Dobbs is your new starting quarterback as of today, traded from Arizona. So Josh Dobbs ready to go and reportedly will also be getting Justin Jefferson back fairly soon as everyone expects him to come back sooner rather than later. So good news for Justin Jefferson owners as well. It's bad news for everybody else. Uh, I will I will say this about Josh Dobbs. He's the QB 12 on the year, which means he's technically a quarterback one. And now he's got actual talent around him. He's not a good quarterback. He's not great. He gets a lot of those. Um, he, he gets a lot of those points on QB scrambles. We didn't really see a lot of that out of Kirk Cousins, possibly because he's a dinosaur, possibly because that's not how Minnesota runs their offense. We don't know. Uh, but the run game there is atrocious. So they're probably going to call on him, what, 35 times a game to throw, 40 times a game to throw, depending on their situation, especially because they're 4-4 four and four now, which is probably why they made this trade to begin with. You know what's scary? Um, what? Josh Dobbs throwing the ball downfield on a broken play to uh, Justin Jefferson that's not being covered anymore because he can extend plays like that where Cousins can't. That's a scary thought. Uh, I mean, Josh Dobbs was a free agent going into this season for a reason. It's not as if 
he is a top five quarterback. It's not like he's Justin Jefferson. Who knows if he's going to be able to make those plays? Who knows if he's ever going to be able to, you know, find Justin Jefferson on an extension and actually hit him in stride or something like that? There are a million things going on on that front. So I know people are excited, whether you're a Hawkinson share owner, you're an Addison shareholder, or if you're a Jefferson shareholder. But I, I mean, not trying to be a wet blanket, not trying to be Rachel Dratch about it, but I would temper my expectations, sort of reel them in, especially because Jaron Hall is starting this weekend. <laughs> like that, that's something that you have to keep in mind as well. True. It didn't. They didn't give up a lot to get him either. It was a pick swap. They gave up a, a six to get back the seventh and Josh Dobbs. So they didn't invest a lot into this. And if Jaron Hall plays well enough, you might see Jaron Hall for a little bit. You might see Josh Dobbs for a little bit. Nick Mullins is still on that roster too. And Nick Mullins has been almost serviceable. But like, and, and right now, almost serviceable is sort of what you're going to get regardless of who your quarterback is. Because at this point, Arizona said, no, we don't want you anymore. And they're starting Clayton Toon until Kyler comes back. Well, yes, for them, it's just the fact that, you know, Kyler's coming back. So they know he's right there. Yeah, I I get it. And I guess you can get something for him while the strike while the iron's hot type type thing. I understand that. But everybody's saying like Kirk Cousins was a top five quarterback in fantasy football this year. He was top five in, in passing yards, top five in touchdowns. Jordan Addison had seven touchdowns through the first eight weeks of the season. Like you're not going to get that production with Josh Dobbs. I'm sorry to say it. Kirk Cousins is a much better quarterback than Josh Dobbs can ever hope to be. And I'm not going to say he's going to be useless, but let's temper the expectations. Let's not wave our victory banners and start our trophy parades. Let's not do that yet until we see exactly what goes on with Josh Dobbs or 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 or, or Hall or Mullins or whoever is starting for the Vikings. Let's reel it in a little bit. I don't feel like we've switched roles here. Usually you're the one preaching everybody up immediately and I'm the one cautioning restraint, but I don't I like are we do we swap bodies? Like what is happening? Well 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 you you're you're behind the engineering board today. Mm, true. Pulling back the curtain a little bit. You're, 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 you, you have the recording. You have the editing capabilities and responsibilities this week. So it's up to me to do the thing. Okay. You're steering the ship, and, I, and I'm, and, and I'm trying, and I'm trying to make some waves here. One more note on quarterbacks, Kravitz. Apparently, Tyrod Taylor is incapable of starting more than three games in a row in an NFL season without getting injured horribly, as happened to him in Cleveland, as happened to him in. LA and has now happened to him with the New York Giants as he is now dealing with a rib injury and magically Daniel Jones is now cleared from his neck injury and is now expected to be back as they were forced to go to their third string quarterback an undrafted rookie who they literally did not let throw the ball against the Jets defense last week which you know when you're in a situation where you have a bad record and you have your third string quarterback who cares? Just let try to win the game. I, I didn't understand why they wouldn't let him throw in at all. I really didn't. I, I mean, we could talk about that game until we're blue in the face. because We don't have God to damn, because it was ugly. That was the worst football game that I for, I've ever forced myself to watch. Maybe the weather conditions didn't allow it. I don't know. it, And it's not like on the other side of the ball, Zach Wilson was doing any butter outside the last 24 seconds of that game. 
So I can kind of understand why they didn't allow DeVito to throw. They did sign him to the active roster today. So he is on the team as a quarterback. He'll be the backup, I'm assuming, moving forward. But I I do feel for Tyrod. I feel very badly for Tyrod. And normally when Tyrod gets hurt, the person who replaces him ends up being really goddamn good. So it's possible this is the break that Daniel Jones needed to sort of get right because the offensive line has been playing better. They will be without Darren Waller. One would assume because he got hurt in that game and was immediately ruled out due to his hamstring injury. That's been plaguing him for God knows how long. So keep an eye on that. Obviously, like I said, offensive line is playing better. Saquon is back to form due to handle the ball 36 times on the ground, caught another three balls. Um, He's back. So if Daniel Jones is healthy, Saquon is healthy, and the offensive line continues to get healthier, Andrew Thomas eventually comes back and they continue to grow as a unit. I'm not saying the Giants will be good, but they'll be serviceable. And, you know, Daniel Jones could be your super flex quarterback too, and I would feel comfortable with that. No, absolutely. If you're hoping that the offensive line, which has gotten much better over the last month, can keep Daniel Jones a little bit more upright and maybe you see a little bit of that Daniel Jones from the end of last season, as opposed to the mess that we saw over the first six weeks. One other really notable injury, Kendrick Bourne, who had been operating as the number one wide receiver for Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. He is out for the year with a torn ACL. He was pretty much the only significant receiver for the Patriots. To a lesser extent, Demario Douglas is the de facto number one. Juju Smith-Schuster is you know, basically a, a ghost. Um, they have been running a lot of two tight ends, so you know maybe this is a bump to Hunter Henry and to Mike Gesicki. But a team that really lacked many explosive weapons just got a lot worse without Kendrick Bourne. Is there anyone on that offense that you can say the rest of this season you can even start? Because it's barely you could barely start Ramondre Stevenson anymore how bad that he, offense has been. He was the person I was going to be like, if you if you have a gun to my head, the one person is Ramondre Stevenson. Sometimes Hunter Henry is serviceable. Sometimes Mike Kosicki is serviceable. Um, If you're in a dynasty league, Demario Douglas is 100% somebody that I'd be targeting because you're not throwing the ball to Devontae Parker. You're not throwing the ball to Juju Smith-Schuster, although he did just have his first touchdown of the year last weekend. It's If the Patriots were smart, one, they would have traded Ezekiel Elliott today, but they did not. There really isn't anybody. You can't trust Mac Jones. I trust Daniel. I trust Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson more than I trust Mac Jones to be my fantasy football quarterback. And that's saying way too much. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Nothing to hide. Like, oh, how can not. you? How can you sit there and say Mac Jones is anything short of remotely mediocre? Like, at least Zach Wilson has shown flashes, and I am a very staunch shit-talking shit of Zach Wilson. Um, Daniel Jones has been garbage all year long, and I would still take him in a heartbeat. Heartbeat over Mac Jones. You can't start anybody except maybe, maybe Ramondre Stevenson is your flex. Absolute mess, which, you know, I am a Jet fan, so on some level, I do really enjoy the fact that they are a mess right now. I can never really talk too much because even in a year that we're supposed to be great, we're still a mess. So with that, 
you know, the only other real injury, you mentioned Darren Waller. Drake London came out for a little bit, says he's okay. Josh Palmer left nearly, looked really bad, but apparently he came back as well. There weren't really too many other significant injuries outside of obviously the Bourne and all the quarterback changes. And it was the trade deadline today. Nothing really significant. Donovan Peoples-Jones got picked up by the Lions. The rest were all on the defensive side. So if you have IDP, maybe that's relevant. But for the most part, you know, nothing really significant as far as the trade deadline. But one thing that does settle is guys are no longer moving. We now know they're staying with their current teams. And now the question becomes, what happens to those guys for the rest of the season as we have a clear out? And I guess the biggest name that didn't move was Devontae Adams. I feel so bad for that, dude, man. We're recording this show on Tuesday, so we're fresh off the heels of the abysmal performance the Raiders had last night. One target, 11 yards for Devontae Adams. Not one target, one reception, seven targets. Jacoby Myers, six targets, one reception, 19 yards. And... The Detroit Tigers, Jesus Christ, not the Detroit Tigers. They're another, it's another juggle cat. I'm real tired today. The Detroit Lions don't have an incredible secondary. It, it's not like they have two all pros in the back there. They have a really good front seven. They got to Jimmy Garoppolo a lot. That offensive line was god awful last night. He didn't have time to throw the ball. But even still, like you had guys open, like close. Like within ten yards of the line of scrimmage, and when Jacoby went down, when he, when he went down the field, they had him in double coverage, and Devonte Adams was able to sneak behind a couple of defenders, and he was missed on a wide open touchdown. I I, I don't want to say Devonte Adams is not startable because he's Devonte Adams, and up until literally the past four weeks, he's shown himself to be quarterback proof. I would try to shop him. I would try to shop him real bad. The last uh, few weeks, since week five, he's had four receptions, two receptions, seven receptions, and the one he hasn't scored against since uh, week three against Pittsburgh. It's just been an awful showing so far the last month, month and a half for Devontae Adams. So he is somebody, if you if you have somebody who's trying to win now, who values the name and value of Devontae Adams, go ahead, cast your line into the pool, and see if you can get a bite. Because I do think that he is somebody who you probably should look on from. You know, it's, it's such a shame. A guy like Devontae Adams not happy with the situation in Green Bay even with Aaron Rodgers still there at the time, gets traded, goes to play with his college quarterback, his buddy, for one year. Good statistical season, up and down year as far as the year itself. And then his friend that he wanted to play with gets benched, then gets cut, moves on, and you're stuck here, and you go from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's just been an absolute disaster. I don't know. And the offensive line, I don't think they had any major removals from that line in the offseason i could be wrong i don't remember if there were any but the only change was the quarterback the head coach is supposed to be a great offensive play caller 
and it's just gotten worse every year in the off season. I can't, I honestly can't imagine that he stays a Raider, <laughs> but for this year he is. And that is absolutely atrocious. Uh, hard to, for dynasty redraft. If you absolutely could get rid of, him. I think if you're anyone that owns a Ravens running back, you're kind of happy because Saquon did not get moved at all, which they told him in advance of the deadline, he was not going to be moved, which quite honestly, I really don't understand as you're not going anywhere and you've clearly no intention to pay him what he wanted, which means he's going to be a free agent. So I don't understand them holding on to him. I really don't. Most places I would agree with you, but it's going to sound like, like I'm, I'm a homer for New York and and I promise you I am not. Um, But there's something about, being here in New York with how, you know, you want your stars to feel welcome and they're the people who bring, you know, asses into seats. And Saquon is that guy for the Giants because they don't really have anybody else. Nobody's going into the stadium to see Wandale Robinson and Isaiah Hodges. Nobody's going to see Daniel Jones or Bobby Okereke, or any anything like that. Saquon Barkley is the reason why MetLife sells more tickets. So I kind of understand wanting to keep him. Like Tennessee, not trading Derrick Henry. He puts asses in seats. Like Tampa Bay, not moving on from Mike Evans, which was also a really big rumor going into today. Because he puts asses in seats. Sports is an, is an entertainment business first, and the business side of it dictates you can't move these guys unless you're getting something really good in return if the business side of the game matters more to you. And for the Giants, we've seen it for the past decade or so. Winning doesn't really matter. We've seen it for the Jets since 2000 and. I don't know, eight, 2003. I don't care. 20 years. The Jets haven't won jack shit. It's about business. And and the business side, like I said, says that you really can't move on from these guys unless the risk is worth the reward. And I guess the reward and then the offers that all of these teams were getting to move on from these guys, Saquon is the exception because they already told him that he wasn't moving, wasn't worth it. But I mean, some people are different, though. Like Saquon, maybe they could still sign him, but the indications were, you know, they're probably not going to, and he will be a free agent. The same situation is basically for T. Higgins, who didn't get moved. And obviously, they're in a situation where, you know, they're still playing for this year. They're not, like, completely out of it by any means. But you basically can't pay him next year because you have to pay Jamar Chase. And they basically said that's what's going to happen, and he's not going to be back. So if he's not going to be back, that's a guy that if you know 100% he's not going to be back, why you wouldn't trade him and get something I mean, except I get it. for a compensation pick. I get it. They're, they're what, 4-3 and three right now? Three and Joe four. Burrow is what? Yeah, 4-3, and and three, right? 3-4. Three and 3-4. Three and four other, Even still, they're not completely out of it. And we've seen for the past three years now, Joe Burrow for the first month of the season is not good. And then as the year progresses, he gets better and better and better. And the past few games, is, and especially the game after the bye, 
they've looked like the old Bengals. Hell, they beat the 49ers, who going into that game were widely considered to be one of the best, if not the best team in all of football. And now they're second in their own division. I can 100% see why they didn't want to move on from T. Higgins. He's one of the straws that stirs the drink that is the Bengals' offense. No? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, they're still very talented. They can still do some things. I just think in that situation, like, you know he's not going to be back. I think you know, I probably would have traded him. But because you also do have Tyler Boyd, who's more than serviceable to operate behind um, Jamar Chase, obviously not quite as explosive. They do have Irv Smith, who is now healthy again, who was doing some things, and Joe Mixon. So they still have a lot on offense in general. So I just think you know, would have tried to get as much as you can because you probably could have gotten, I don't know if you would have gotten a first, but definitely a second at least um, for the services of T. Higgins. But an interesting concept as, you know, this um, trade deadline often mirrors, you know, the dynasty trade deadlines. Teams, are they, are you really out of it? If you don't have a shot to win, I think, you know, in dynasty more so than the, you know, real NFL you're probably going to break it down sooner rather than later as far as... Don't talk to me about tanking. Do (laughs) not talk to me about tanking. Do not bring up tanking. I don't want to talk about, oh, trade your guys and get your picks and blah, 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 because I did that, and I am still just points out of a playoff spot, Will. Josh Dobbs is quarterback 12 on the year, and I have him because I have to put forward a lineup with every position filled. Mm, and, and I will say this, I will say this. I traded Jordan Love in a late first for Joe Burrow because the opportunity presented itself. And you have to be really dumb not to take advantage of those opportunities, even if you're tanking. But God damn it, Will, what do I need to do? How can I tank even further um... than, than what I did? Outside of just stripping it down to nothing and fielding zero people on a weekly basis. Because I traded away Dak Prescott. I traded away Puka Nakua. I traded away Cooper Cup. And I, I traded away Austin Eckler. I traded away so many people. And I acquired draft picks. And I acquired this and that. I traded away Adam Thielen for a second round pick just to get him off my team. He's wide receiver eight on the year. And I'm still four and four, dead in the playoff hunt, and it's so frustrating. Well, <laughs> Don't give me. Well, no, because I'm at that weird spot where I'm like right below you in the standings, because this team is not quite there yet. But I mean, like, if someone offered you say Geno Smith in a first for Joe Burrow, I don't, I don't know. Well, do you remember how you got Geno Smith? Yeah, I I gave you a second for Geno Smith. Yeah, I was trying to tank and was getting rid of quarterbacks. And look how well that worked out for me. Yeah, not so not so great. But point being, sometimes you can really try to, you know, play for the future. And your guys just do not want to cooperate. The stars can put up one catch for 19 yards like a Jacoby Myers. And guys that have no business doing well, you can end up starting and put up 22 points which is how somebody beat me in a league this week because they started Taysom Hill at tight end and put up 22 points out of nowhere, and I lost the matchup because 
who expects Taysom well, Hill were, to put were up? Were you trying to lose that matchup? No, I was trying to win. That's the one of the few leagues that oh. I was actually good in. Oh, okay. That sounds like a you problem. Yes, it is. A, it is a me problem. Uh, unfortunately, mistakes were made. <laughs> Can't really dwell on that now. It goes to show that like you could try to tank, which is why teams in the NFL don't actually tank. Because you could try to make the right moves, but at the end of the day, you can't really control how effective anybody is. Obviously, likelihood decreases, but as Kravit is a prime example of the best intentions, a.k.a. the best tank jobs, sometimes just do not work out. It sucks. <laughs> no, like, I traded away Puka Nakua. I got back George Pickens, Jonathan Mingo, and Josh Downs. Three solid receivers. Who can three solid for one quote unquote superstar who now might be without Matt Stafford for a while. Ah, uh, one more quarterback injury. So I could have kept Puka Nakua, continued the tank job properly while still retaining the asset. Instead, I got George Pickens, who alone by himself outscored Puka Nakua, got Josh Downs, who by himself outscored Puka Nakua, and got Jonathan Mingo, who, you guessed it, by himself outscored Puka Nakua. And I'm at my wit's end with this tanking. And it's too late for me in this season to pivot and try to win now. Um, Because, like I said, my quarterback, too, is Josh Dobbs. My running backs are Najee Harris and Javante Williams, who all of a sudden is back. So isn't that wonderful? But I knew it was going to um, happen at some point. Yeah, I, I, I do have three first-round picks that I could probably use to try to get some running back capital. But is that something that you would do right now, Will? I have running backs. Do, do you want to – well, you, you said that you don't want to trade. No, I didn't. I have running backs. You, you have, I have plenty oh, of running backs. Oh, you do. You we want to do this right now? We could do this right now. We're gonna do. You want to do, do it right now? I have plenty of running backs to offer. Talk to me about Kenneth Williams. Not Kenneth Williams. Kenneth Kenny Williams, Walker. I believe, is a whiskey or bourbon of some kind. <laughs> no, that's Evan Williams. Talk to me about Kenny Walker. See, Will. we can't even get any names right today. No, we can't. Um, We're gonna Walker. do this on air because Kenny Walker, for all for Kenny all Walker the years we've been doing this. For all the years that we've been doing a fantasy football podcast, for all the years that we have been in a fantasy football league together. We have never had trade negotiations live on air. And I think that this is really exciting for one for, for, for multiple reasons. One, to, to 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 prove to the world that I am not the cold-hearted trade sodomizing monster that people think I am. Mm, That's first yes. and foremost. I was there there was a trade crembargo um for an entire year. I was not allowed to make trades. Not allowed. Just we have a trade committee, and any time that I had a trade, it would get struck struck down. Even if I lost a trade, I was punished. Will you were a part of that? And two, I think like it would be fun to see the thought process into seeing what goes into a trade negotiation live and in living color. To be fair, also in this league, it is very tight. Like a two-game winning streak could put me into like fourth place at the same time, uh, mm-hmm. as you, because we have nearly identical point totals on the season. Yep, and I, I just have one more win than you do. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know what? I think I'm going to hold. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to hold because I have, like, 100 points less than the people in 8th and ninth place. So, if I lose and they win, 
Although I'm projected to win this upcoming week, so that's kind of shitty. Yeah, I don't think anyone's supplanting the bottom two, but you know, you never know. Yeah. So Kenny Walker will. What's it going to take? You want a first and a second? Ooh, this is this this does sound intriguing. In that second, uh, if you see, um, uh, it is the team, um, uh, it is Gutterman's team, and he has a pretty garbage team right now. He's selling off. He's 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 in the process of tanking. Yeah, I know. I just completed a a trade. I I actually just sent in a dynasty the same league. In fact, I got yep. Terry McLaurin to try to boost my production this year. I traded Roshan a second in two years and Trey McBride. And right after I traded Trey McBride, Zach Ertz gets hurt. <laughs> Trey McBride becomes the starter again, and Trey McBride puts up 20 point plus points as a tight end. Which, mm-hmm. if you can get 20 points out of any tight end, you start that guy. Yeah. So I lost the trade clearly. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, but you did get Terry McLaurin, who um was, was good. He did catch a touchdown against the Eagles this week. But I do, like I said, I have three firsts. I have an early second. Um, and if I, I can't believe I'm going to go into the off season with Josh tops. No, you know what? No, 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 no. For the long term, I can't force myself to do it. The only other quarterbacks on my roster, are Malik Cunningham, Ryan Tannehill and Trey Lance. And I need one of those picks to turn into a quarterback. And I'm, I know I'm not giving you two firsts. I know I'm not doing that, but, oh man, I don't know if I could well, do it. You do have two other firsts. I know, I know, and it, it, we would have to negotiate which first I am giving you, of course. That could be done. Damn it. I hate the fact that I'm still in it. I hate it so goddamn much. Uh, let's see. I have BFT's pick, I have Adam's pick, and I have Ricky's pick. I would like to retain Ricky's pick. Really? Do you, look, look, look at his team. No, I understand that. However, he is... The highest rated. Yes. But if you look at his team compared to Adam, who has, although he did just start Tyler Algier and Jaden Reed, who did he have on by? His running backs on by were nobody. He had uh, Algier and Pacheco and Aaron Jones. And on his bench is Dalvin Cook and Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell. So those aren't going to be great. He does have Will Levis, Dak Prescott, and Josh Allen, though. So that can keep him afloat. And oh, BFT, I traded BFT's pick. That was the pick I traded uh, to Jared ah. for J- J- Joe Burrow. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So you only have two first rounds. Well, I have three. I have my own. Oh, yes. Jeez. This is going to take a long time. Maybe we'll do this. <laughs> maybe we'll do this off, off air. Okay. But, yeah, maybe. But Just fascinating. Maybe. You know, we're distracting people with trade talks. Because outside of the few injuries, really not much happened this week as far as, you know, Dynasty itself. You have begun to see the uptick of some of those guys that haven't been used quite as well in their rookie year. That's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, Quentin Johnson actually caught more than one pass for the first time in his career, five for 50. Uh, The injury to Palmer will kind of dictate, you know, how much he's used now. But if he is getting more involved, that's good for his owners. You're finally seeing a little bit more, obviously still way behind Kenneth Walker. Zach Charbonnet started to do some things this week a little bit, so that's good to see on his end as well. And Kravit, you and I have said that Jackson in Jigba was clearly the number three, but now he's kind of asserting himself in that number three role a little bit more and obviously scored a big touchdown this week as well. So 
good stuff from some rookie uh, rookie players that kind of got off to slow starts. And I, I think this uh, bye week for the Lions came at a good time. Obviously, we expect David Montgomery back after the bye to kind of settle back into his role. But you liked what you saw from Jamar Gibbs, especially for the first time really having that complete running back game. But I, I got to be honest, I may have been wrong because I am not liking what I'm seeing from Jamison Williams, who's getting like the second num- mm-hmm. amount of wide receiver targets. So the, the workflow is there. The targets are there. He's just not doing anything. Is he really getting the second most targets? He he was getting more targets than Josh than Reynolds, and he was the number two targeted receiver. Obviously, Laporta and Gibbs are big in their offense, but yeah, well, well Laporta, receiver. Gibbs, and Amon Ross St. Brown, so right. he would be fourth fourth at most on the. No, on yes, the but I, I, as far as the receivers, he was the second oh. most targeted receiver. Okay, so wide receivers, sure. Um, but Reynolds had that fumble, so that probably was why he was in the doghouse for a little bit. I will say that today they, the Detroit Lions did trade for Donovan Peoples-Jones, who does sort of fill that Jamison Williams role. So it's going to be good, really, really, really interesting to see how he flows in that offense. And we, I, I, at least I knew this was coming, at least for a little bit. I said it earlier on in, in the year. Dan Campbell was not a big fan of Jamison Williams. He said that he was never going to have really good hands and that his biggest asset was obviously his, his speed and that would have to compensate for the lack of hands. I don't know about you, Will, but speed doesn't always mean that you're going to catch a ball. I would rather have really good hands and give myself to catch everything headed my way, excuse me, than be really fast and have things hit me in the middle of the chest, hit me in the Z in the middle of the chest, if you will, because you hit that Z and I collapse and Jamison Williams is collapsing all over the place. Dropped a pass yesterday, had a pass uh, completed, but for negative yards, he did have one good play. He did catch one ball over the middle for a first down for about 20 yards. So good for him. Very happy for his success there. He's got to do a lot more of that to make waves on this offense because they don't need him. I think it's proven that they do not need him to be productive in order to keep the train rolling. So Jamison Williams owners, and I'm one of them, I'd be a little bit nervous about him moving forward. Yep. No, uh, I was kind of hopeful. That the town was there. I knew he didn't have great hands, but was not expecting this. I mean, he still was a top receiver at Alabama, so he still was able to do things. I just don't think anyone really, you know, he was disrupted last year, disrupted with the suspension this year, and just he's never really gotten into a great flow, never had like a full camp going in where he knew exactly what his role was going to be, you know, right away. So just a lot of, you know, messiness. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved for something during the draft this year. Really wouldn't. And then maybe another place could, you know, make use of it. I really thought he would add an extra element, but they can't seem to really do much with him at the moment. So unfortunately, that might be just one of those mistakes we chalk up and then we move on. from. Uh, the only notable defensive uh, trade I want to talk about today Chase Young got traded to the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers have actually, even with their stout front seven, struggled to really get sack numbers and get after the quarterback. Well, you put a guy like that opposite of Nick Bosa, that's scary on 
a different level, which is also crazy because the Niners have never appeared more human than they have over the last two weeks. Brock Purdy's Mr. Irrelevant Invincibility is gone. Now, hopefully after the bye week, they do get a fully healthy Brandon Ayuk and a healthy Debo back to help that offense a little bit. But they also need Trent Williams. Who, also. Well, well, Trent Williams, the offensive lineman, has also been out, and he, I, I think he is the reason why they're struggling. The lack of his presence, because Purdy doesn't really have a lot of time in the pocket right now. He's taking more sacks. He's turning the ball over literally more than he had ever done before. And that could all be attributed to the fact that he just doesn't have the time that he used to have. And look, the fact that Brock Purdy is starting in the NFL is nothing short of a miracle to begin with. So don't take this as a bad thing when I say this. But he was Mr. Irrelevant for a reason. Each team had seven chances to draft Brock Purdy. And only one of them did with the last pick in the draft. And Parp, the, the reason for that might just be, unless he has the elite pieces around him, he might just not be that great. And he is great right now, obviously, because he has his Ayukes around him, his Debo's around him, his CMC's around him. You could, you could throw me back there and I'd be an all-pro at this point. But without that offensive line, without that stability in front of you, we saw it with we see it with the Jets, we see it with the Giants, you see it with every other team in the NFL. If you don't have that offensive line and your quarterback isn't Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts, your your offensive production is going to suffer. And Williams is one of the best offensive linemen in the entire NFL. So if you're missing that, of course you're going to be missing some offensive consistency. So hopefully after the Hopefully after, uh, what's it called? After the bye week, Williams comes back and Debo comes back. We knew Debo would have a down year this year, and he hasn't really been healthy to begin with. But Williams being down, Williams being out, I think has hurt the production of that offense more than anything would, anything else would have. No, absolutely. Week nine is, I think, the biggest bye week remaining you have some big ones next week in week 10 and then week 13 and 14 very late bye weeks this year and they skip over you know week 11 and 12 which i don't understand but and not a lot this past week which is why like you saw some crazy point totals all over uh the league this past week from individual players cd uh i think put up uh just a big overall high number week and that's how you know you're having a bad season when you didn't own any of them uh, well, I do want to I do want to do one thing, but while we're on our way out, but I I have to give props where it's due. Yes. And um, you know, if I'm going out of my way to do this, then it's actually a very big deal. Oh, here we go. But uh, the Scott Fishbowl is an annual tournament that takes place um uh, for fantasy football, and media personalities are involved. Are involved. Celebrities are involved. It's a badge of honor just to make it into the Scott Fish Bowl, let alone do very well. And friend of the show, family of the show, um, Jared Wright was the number one point getter out of over 2,500 teams in the Scott Fish Bowl this weekend with over 320 points. That's 2,500 so, still remaining, correct? What? 2,500 still remaining. Well, no, every, everybody, the playoffs haven't started yet. Oh, so everybody's still there. Okay. No, everybody, everybody's still there. 
So out of everybody who was participating in the Scott Fishbowl, our family was the number one player in the entire country this past weekend. And that's pretty goddamn cool. That's a badge of honor. So to you, sir, from both Will and myself, um, treat yourself to an empanada tonight. You deserve it. Yeah, he drafts so good for himself, but can't draft well for other members of the family. Such a shame. You know, what, Garbage what, what, what person. Anyway, we are starting to creep up on the fantasy playoffs, and some leagues will have a trade deadline. Some leagues won't, uh, especially in Dynasty, as trades happen all year round. I don't know. Like All of our leagues don't have anything. Basically, trade deadline ends, and then nothing until after the playoffs are over. But some teams, some leagues just have it going throughout. So we're going to start talking about anyone you can trade for for the stretch run next week. Kind of get into who's got a favorable schedule. Anyone that you could try to pry away. We'll be going over that stuff next week. And hopefully I will be in a more, let's let's call it an upbeat mood. Hopefully I'm not eliminated, which could very well happen this week from probably seven out of my ten leagues this year. The other... (laughs) Gravit, I know, is probably having a much better season, but he's in 27 leagues, so we don't have time to go over. Oh, well, 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 first and foremost, we didn't actually go over how I'm doing. We talked about you. I'm doing very well. <laughs> I'm, yeah, so doing, doing very well. I'm doing just fine. We don't have time to get into it because you got 27. But that's um, that's a lie. I took one more on. I'm in 28. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, we'll get into that discussion after I speak with his therapist because I think he has a problem. But we'll be back next week. <laughs> next Tuesday night for another episode of First Down Dynasty right here on the Sports Ethos Network. Have a good night, everybody.